Welcome to Behind the Geeks. I'm not even going to bother talking about season or episode numbers now. Just welcome to Behind the Geeks, the show where we talk about all the craziness that goes on behind the scenes running an MSP, and we share all the lessons that we've learned along the way in our journeys. I am joined by the legendary Pete Matheson, Richard Tubb, and Scott Riley. The only one out of that mix that's legendary is Pete Matheson because I didn't mention legendary in front of the other two. Um, sorry, guys. Maybe next time if I remember. <laughs> but And in tonight's conversation, we decided to talk about can you manage an MSP team completely remotely? And now the, the answer is, of course you can. But uh, tonight's conversation is to talk about some of the pros and cons and some of the tips and tricks that because we're all of us here have done remote in some way, shape or form. Everyone in the world's done remote in some way, shape or form in the last couple of years. Uh, but to, now that we're kind of moving out of this whole uh, pandemic and back into some sort of normalcy and, and things are moving back to 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 where they were before, people are obviously making decisions around not bringing a whole workforce back and having hybrid remote so that some people are working from home and some people are at the office and, and not keeping as bigger office space because of that. And so today we're just going to talk about that, how an MSP can benefit from working remotely, how they can do it better and uh, and all the different things that we have probably learned along the way. In my MSP, we had we had an actual working from home policy that we ran for the last couple of years that allowed our members to, or not our members, I'm talking about the tech tribe there, our client, <laughs> our staff <laughs> to work from home. So on this call here, there's three of us that actually work from home full time, Pete, myself, and Richard. We, we've been working mm-hmm. from home full time for some time now. We all have teams. We're not in an MSP now though. So Scott, I'm going to ask you first, because you've been probably the most recent person that's been forced into running your MSP remotely from home. Um, how did you like? Did when before the pandemic hit, were you guys a hundred percent in person in an office all together all the time? And then the pandemic hit, and you had to kind of spread and jump out. Yes, and I guess a bit weird for us as well because it was. You know, remember what they're like, we're about two and a half years old at best at the moment. So we would like just into old. that journey. And so, you know, I think we had first hire in, second hire on the way. And so we were working together in the office. It was great. And then the pandemic hit. And we suddenly had to just whoop, separate, work from home. And then over that period, we were kind of back in and out and in and out, depending on the government. Well, let's, let's be honest, depending on the weather. So we were in and out of the office. Um, and then we hired you know, the next two people in. And we tried to keep building people in the office as much as possible. Um, I struggled with it, if I'm honest. I, I get it. You know, I've built remote teams. I've managed teams up and down the country and even international teams. But in in our little startup world, you know, we're trying to build culture and we're trying to build relationships with new people. And, and yes, some people I've worked with before, but new people as well. And trying to, you know, build that culture and build that relationship over teams really wasn't good fun. It wasn't working very well. And you could tell the difference between when we were in the office together for the week and, you know, just having those, you know, laughs and jokes in between work and when we were just working on a structured Teams call, either internally or with a client, and then back to working. And, and the, the time of just kind of that fun and interaction just wasn't there. And I feel like it really kind of strained the relationships for us as we were building that team. Um, so much so that, you know, I don't know when the government regulations finally relaxed, but we've, you know, clearly invested in our own office now as well. So we were using some shared office space, and we went out of our way to get an interior designer to design on new office space for us so that it feels like a bit like home and a bit like working at the office and kind of a blend of the two. So it's got this really nice comfy breakout areas, you know, this really nice relaxed vibe to it. With um, kids clothes because, thrown all over the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's definitely yeah. my house. That's the home <laughs> you know, the ironing board is, Every time I put something down, someone moves it for me. So I'm just like, <laughs> who's moved my stuff? Just because, you know, that's the, the wife. <laughs> the wife. <laughs> My my wife, even the kids call her the mover. <laughs> Wherever you you're put married them, to the same lady as me. What's the? <laughs> How did that work? But yeah, you know, to answer your question, it was it was challenging. I think right. for us to build the culture that we wanted and build those relationships, especially for new starters. Yeah, remotely, that that was a challenge. Yeah, yeah, Richard, your your MSP when you were in it, did you have? Like that was, it's been many years since you sold that now, and remote probably yeah. wasn't as big a thing as it is now uh, because we still had dial up modems probably when you sold your MSP. <laughs> but, um, but did you did you have a remote component when you were running your MSP at all, even if it was a part time thing 
in there where people did work from home or were you always all in the office altogether? No, we, we had remote when we were avoiding the yeah. dinosaurs and stuff because it was such a challenge back in the day <laughs> when I ran an MSP. But yeah, we, we had remote, but not in the way we think of in modern remote teams. So we did a lot of uh, outsourcing and delegating and collaboration with other MSPs, with other tech companies. And we actually took a stance that, you know, if we went into a relationship, if we went into a partnership, say with a data cabling company, you know, we would treat them as part of our team. So whilst my MSP team were based in an office, um, we did have, you know, an extension of the team, cousins to the team sort of thing, who were all over the world in different parts of uh, different locations. And we shared with them things like training uh, and, and benefits, and we got together with them regularly. You know, as Scott was saying, the human interaction part is super, super important. We can't do all of this via Zoom. We, we You just cannot, you know, and I'm going to talk about some tools that can make uh, keeping together a remote team, you know, have them feel more connected. But there's no substitute really for getting together regularly, you know, to build the uh, human interaction. But yeah, in answer to your question, Nigel, you know, whilst we had the MSP team in the office, uh, we had partners and strategic alliance partners all over the place, and we treated them as part of our team. So I've got plenty to share in terms of like how you can keep remote workers right. involved. And of course, if we fast forward to today, while I'm not an MSP, my entire I work from home, and everybody on my team is uh, distributed remotely. So we've got people in South Africa, we've got people uh, in Scotland, all over the UK. So we've, we've got quite adept at managing those relationships remotely. What about you, Pete? Have you, when in your MSP, did you have any like this part of the main service delivery team, like the help desk? Was there any remote that happened? I was, I was kind of very much on the opposite side of the scale, probably where most people were before the pandemic happened, and everyone was in the office most yeah. of the time. Like yeah. pretty much everyone was predominantly in the office, apart from if um, someone had something they wanted to concentrate on, or training they were going on, or right. you know, okay. studying then they'd be uh, either at home or in the meeting room and just kind of locking themselves away to keep away any distractions. Mostly, very selfishly, it was me or my business partner that were going home <laughs> so we could get away from the business yes. and then focus on everything else that, that was going on. But yeah, I, I just found that you know, certainly from the very early days when it was me and like one guy that were doing the help desk and then it was slightly growing, you just... And this is probably something we can discuss today about the whole like the in-person thing. You just overhear things oh, that you don't overhear when you're all sat remotely. And just being able to catch those conversations going, oh, actually, no, I know something about that. Like, that's not how it works or or whatever it might be. It just helps out hugely to be able to like fix your customer communication rather than them saying the wrong thing or like not having the up-to-date information. I just found that having people there physically in the same room and it was I'm, I'm a big fan of the open office space which i know is another contentious thing with maybe the open plan isn't as good as the <laughs> cubicle working again but i found in terms of information sharing and gathering it's a huge benefit to have people in one yeah. place yeah, yeah. Um, yes if you need to focus then have your time out and you know get, get yourself away and working from home if you're delivering projects then yep absolutely makes sense for that person to be kind of separated and then there's the whole pr productivity point because actually yes in a lot of cases you are way more productive when you are kind of segregated on your own locked yeah. in your own box yeah, yeah, at yeah. home wherever it is but yeah it's just that information sharing yes you can you can chuck stuff in tickets it's not the same as just overhearing stuff in the office and yeah. catching those conversations and just yeah just just the social aspect i think there was there was times when our early days just random things like table tennis tables like just being able to take five minutes out have a quick game of table tennis. Let your brain think about stuff in the background. But then I know I've seen that. I'm sure you've all seen that popular meme or whatever it is going around of, uh, you know, you don't need to have Google offices to yeah, try yeah. and encourage staff to come work for Cult you. There's Culture is not a table tennis table. That's the one. Right? But it is part of it, right? It's just not what most mm. people define as culture. Um, exactly exactly scott's yeah, just I think I struggle. Think of his shiny new offices so we're all gonna have to click on that in a minute <laughs> see it so i, so I think that um like where rich would say now like the, the businesses we typically have probably excluding scott are a lot easier to do remotely because there's right. less time sensitive uh customer facing kind of work that's required yes you can outsource them they can just kind of get on with the stuff they're doing and, and report back and send the data back yeah as an msp I, i'm uh, in in two minds, I think a lot of business owners are kind of a hybrid model. I yeah. Think could work. The the full remote, it, it definitely does work because people are yeah. doing it. But um, I think I would personally struggle to to deliver that. I I just like having that 
in-person ability to to information share and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah. the old the old bullpen is a hard department to go and run outside of a a physical space altogether that's for sure no i completely agree and our msp um and with we i sold mine 2016 so well before the pandemic but um but we had a a pseudo working from home policy where the staff could use up to two days out of every 20 um each month so two days each month where they could just work from home and because we're a VoIP system, they could just pick up their VoIP phone and take it home and it would work through the 3CX tunneling thing and they'd work from there. And it was often, um, because our, our techs a lot of the time also worked on projects, we weren't big enough to have a separate project delivery team and a separate um, service engineering team. And so they would, if they're working on a project, they'd often go and take a day or two or whatever, doing all the documentation from home and or doing some quoting from home and stuff like that, which allowed them to just have that quiet time without hearing all that other stuff that's going on and getting distracted. Because um, yeah. as you say, Pete, like it's easy to hear something and and go oh hang on by the way but that's also a double-edged sword in that um it also means that you yeah. do get distracted in there so i think it's it's the good balance worked out well most of the time you do want to hear that stuff but then sometimes you do want to get away from it as well and just get that that dedicated time one of the so in terms of culture culture obviously in any business when i first started out in business i heard this term culture and i'm like oh that stuff's bollocks like just run a freaking business you don't need culture <laughs> and um i never knew what it was and then it took me a few years into my business to start to realize that that culture is not only a big part of business it's it is business like it's the whole thing you've got to go and build if you don't have a build intentionally build and craft your company culture it will be created for you typically not what you want it to be and, and so in the, the, the years in my MSP, our, our stuff was like focused on what is company culture to us and how do we maintain that remotely? Because we did have a part staff. We had some team over in the Philippines and when we had my MSP and the contractor over in the US as well. So we were kind of half, but our core team was all in the one office with the, the bullpen, dare I say, it was all in the one office. And so we had to do different things in back then it was Slack because teams didn't exist back then worked to to create that culture of a remote workplace and in our business currently i've actually never met any of my team in person well pete uh, sorry richard works with us on the team and richard and i have hung out but i've never met anybody on our our team that i work with all day every day it's funny we've been with some of them for three years now and the plan was to to have these amazing company retreat where we're going to hang out and whatnot but then that all got kicked to the curb so i've we're, we're a pretty well functioning team in the tech tribe but i've never met them in person we speak every day on on teams and and zoom but some of the things that we do for our remote team now is um, we've had the guys have got me into not got me convinced, but got me into playing some online games, which I'd never done before. So we had a Fortnite game with the the team the other day, and um, and I was horrendous at it because the last time I'd ever played a game was Quake way back in the <laughs> '90s. But then one of the guys, Javier, has just organised this coming Monday. We're doing a a, a full team group um, online escape room which I think is going to be pretty cool just to get in there. And like, it's about an hour during the middle of the day, we get a bit of a break from jumping on work things and just diving in and doing that. Cause it's the kind of thing that if we were a team in person, we would go out and do that stuff in my MSP. We used to do the bowling and the dinners and the go-karts and the, all those kinds of things. Um, and so, so there is a bunch of online stuff if you are, or you're forced to do remote stuff, there is a bunch of things out there that you can do, but I, I'm with you, Pete, in that, I just prefer in person, but circumstances for our business and the way it's set up means that it doesn't work for us. But I know that we would be more productive than what we are now um, because I just I've never been able to get to the same levels of productivity that we we did with an in person team in there. Uh, throw some throw some tools out here because obviously we've been no. doing remote thing for quite some time. And by the way, whenever I ask for permission for that, that's <laughs> shut up, Nigel. I'm about to talk. Someone that's will have to mute me problem. every time someone asks for permission on something. <laughs> So one of the tools that we uh, use within our team is called Geekbot. Uh, So it's available for Slack and it's available for Microsoft Teams. uh, And it's basically an asynchronous uh, stand-up meeting tool uh, to enable, you know, people to – because obviously if you've got people all over the world or distributed in different time zones, and even if they're not in different time zones, you've got people with different personal lives – you know, there's children, there's, there's, you know, all stuff goes on at home, isn't there? So if you're working remotely, sometimes you have to do meetings asynchronously. But what we use a Geekbot, and it's a geekbot.com, you can go and check it out at. Mm-hmm. We use Geekbot for a, a weekly check-in meeting where we ask everybody, hey, how are you feeling? What are you working on? 
what did you enjoy working on last week? And what are you, do you see any challenges in the week ahead? And while that sounds really simple, we have found it really enables you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on. So if somebody says, you know, have you feeling, do you see any obstacles this week? You know, they might put, well, actually, you know, this stuff is going on at home. And so then you know to step in and, and provide more support to them if needs be. So geekbot.com's work very well. The other thing, and we, we sh- I should say we have that go out automatically in Slack. We use Slack internally, but it works with Teams. That goes out every Monday morning at 10 o'clock. Um, and so people can voluntarily participate. We found in our team, everybody participates. So it's a good way of getting the week started. And I know, Nigel, we do something very similar in the tech drive, don't we, with the uh, sort of the daily check-ins from that yeah, we do. We do an end-of-day report, each of us inside the tech drive, of what we did that day, what we're going to do tomorrow, and are we blocked anywhere? And it's just a typical – that's a typical flow for most stand-up meetings or a, a quick remote check-in if you're doing it. And it's asynchronous to us as well. It's at the end of the day. Uh, we yeah. do it and we we build that throughout the day. So I'll write mine out as I go and, and do stuff during the day. And then I just copy and paste it into a, a Teams channel at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's more yeah. so that the the team, because we don't get to have that water cool, like we're going to get to walk past each other and hear what people are saying and doing. It's the way to keep all of us up to date with what's happening in the rest of the business. And it takes us all about two minutes to read that each day, each read each person's each day, but it gives us a really good overview of what is happening across everybody in the group and be able to, do what Pete says virtually. Like when you hear something, you go, oh, that's not quite right. We get a chance to chime in on it. It's at a day cadence versus a five-second cadence when you're sitting beside someone, but it's still better than nothing. Exactly, yeah. One of the other regular things that we do is, uh, and we don't use a tool for this per se, but we have something called Truth Tuesday. So Lara, who's our studio manager, she posts into our Team Tub channel on Slack and uh, just says, hey, how's everybody uh, feeling? And people can respond with an emoji or they can respond with, you know, what's going on in their world or whatever. Lara will tell us what's going on in her world, and the rest of the team will respond. Now, the the important thing here is because you think, ah, people are not going to get involved. But you know what it's like, uh, you know, if you're uh, at home, if you're disconnected from other people, sometimes you want other people to feel how you're – to recognize how you're feeling. So it can be as simple as just leaving a sad face emoji as just like a little breadcrumb to say – Actually, I could do with some interaction here. But people sometimes don't want to put their hands up and say, I'm feeling a bit down or I'm feeling a bit disconnected. Could you have a conversation with me? But putting a little sad face emoji or a tired emoji or whatever's going on in your world, you know, it's enough to just give a breadcrumb for another member of the team to jump in and say, hey, you know, what's going on? How can we help with things? So we use those tools. And I I want to give a, a shout out to a tool I've not used it yet. But uh, Chris Day, who was the uh, the founder of IT Glue all those years ago, went on to sell the business. Chris's new venture is uh, uh, a product called Produce 8. So uh, P-R-O-D-U-C-E and the number 8.com. And that is uh, built all around teamwork as well. I've not had a chance to look into it yet, but given you know Chris is such a genius with IT Glue, that's a, a product for MSPs that's probably worth keeping an eye on as well. Ooh. So those are those are some tools out there that are, you know we're using, and some tools on the periphery that I think are really good. So the what point was the is one that Brian, yeah. the, the Dozel brothers, you know the guys behind um, Bright Gauge that founded Bright Gauge, Brian and Eric Dozel. Um, yeah, what was the tool yeah. that they, because they did a similar tool in this space, remote employee engagement in that plugs into Teams, I think it was. Microsoft um, Teams, wasn't it? And the name's on the name. I can't remember it. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll, we'll we've got, um, we use Office Vibe for that. Right. Okay. So Office Vibe has been really good for us because, again, and, and you know, I echo some of the comments that are coming in, um, especially Bruce has made some great comments saying, look, you can't just whack some uh, ping pong tables in and call it culture <laughs> and beanbags. Nope. Um, equally, you know, we're going through and saying, you know, you need to decide what your core values are. And that's one of the things that we invested in heavily in, in our time was what is it? And, and let's be fair, I've I've worked for some pretty crappy managers at some pretty crappy MSPs. Uh, feel free to browse my LinkedIn. Um, but the reason <laughs> they were crappy was because they were um, PE backed and they were on nice. a track to exit within three years or five years. And so people were a commodity. They were not people. Yeah. Um, the only thing that anybody ever gave a crap about at a senior perspective was EBITDA. And you could get sick of the number of times that people would say EBITDA. And in the business that completed 17 mergers and acquisitions over the oh period of time goodness. that I was there, 
EBITDA was the exclusive focus. And so people were not. And so every two or three years, they'd rewrite the website and put some slogans up and say, hey, this is the new company culture. And everybody who worked there just went, yeah, honesty right, and trust. And <laughs> yeah, and integrity. <laughs> integrity. And like, cool. So this, this latest <laughs> round of redundancies. It's not pre-staged, right? You don't already know who's going. No, no, it's a fair selection process. <laughs> but so, you know, Bruce is, is bang on and, and a lot of the comments coming in are the same. It's, you know, and, and I, I guess we didn't necessarily mean to talk about culture. We meant to talk about remote working, but they are so interlinked. Oh, absolutely. Um, oh, definitely. Like I say, one of the things we did here that, that is helping some of the tools that we've got is to, to set down you know, what we think the, the culture of the business should be. And it's it's just simple things. It's not big, massive mission statements, but it's like, do you know what? You're free to make mistakes in our organization because mm. everybody buggers up and that's how you learn. <laughs> yep. It's just simple stuff like that. You know, we're honest. We give honest advice to our clients. And even if that means that they don't buy from us and they buy from someone else, that's cool because it's the right answer for them. It's not about us. It's about, you know, who we serve. And so we've, we've got those things and we want to make sure people, you know, understand and, and that it does genuinely reflect the heart of what we do as a business. And so right now we're in this split situation where we have, you know, half our team works up in Glasgow, half the team works here in the office. So I do have this, you know, completely remote portion to our business, not to mention we have an outsourced service desk as well. So what we do to kind of make sure that we keep communicating, Office Vibe is a great tool for that. It right. sends out regular questions. Hey, how are you? How are you doing? Yep. How's your relationship with your colleagues? How's your relationship with your manager? Do you believe in the values of the business? You know, and it, and it asks for all these things anonymously and then kind of scoops it up and sends it through. And I, I think it's been really useful as a, as a tiny business, even when we were two people, I would have that tool in place. Not quite anonymous <laughs> with two people, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but it immediately made me realize there are things about the business that we haven't even considered yeah. yet. As we got the three and four people, it was like, you know, what do you think of your corporate social responsibility and your giving back to the community? And then the feedback was, well, we don't do any. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> don't. All right, let's let's figure that out. Um, so that's been really useful. We do weekly stand-ups on a, a Monday, um, right. and so we make sure that we get the whole team together and we run through, you know, any any outstanding kind of serious incidents or tickets or anything that are, you know, important that needs to be looked at, any project work that's coming, anything that needs to be built. And out the back of that, we also then generate any references or clients, you know, case studies that we want to do because we've just finished a piece of work. So we do that every Monday. And then every six weeks, roughly, we make sure we get the whole team together. Um, and it's not structured. It could just be a social, but we get everyone together just right. so that we spend, you know, two days together. And that yeah. gives us the opportunity to bounce all those things uh, off each yeah. other as well, which is, is really cool. I guess at our scale, you know, that's really practical to do. Um, but it's it's it really helps just tie the team together because, you can feel the difference in the relationship between, you know, one of the new guys that's, I say new, he's not that new, but one of the new guys maybe that's joined in in Glasgow and has still got the mindset in some instances of the old business that he worked at. And so it, it can be very formal and it's, oh, hey, boss, do you mind if I just take these two days <laughs> off? And I'm like, dude, just put it in the diary, make sure Don't that someone else is you know, ready to cover and, and away you go. We, we run unlimited holidays here. So yeah. just, you know, as long as people know, and your projects are done, and if you need to hand anything over, I'm cool. You don't need to ask my permission. We're all, you know, we're all empowered to do this stuff. But it's just stuff like that where you want to break down those older mindsets when they've come from, you know, one of these more traditional PE-backed MSP environments. Um, and I find that just those get-togethers really help. Also, just having general nonsense calls, because we, we go from structured call to structured call to structured call. And we got to the end of a structured call the other day, and I was like, dude, how did you get on when you took your parents out to this fancy you know football match that they were going to? And we just had a really nice chat you know, for like 10, 15 minutes or whatever. I mean, you've got to keep making the space for those, because yeah. if you're in the office, that would just naturally happen. And yeah. what I was finding was with the remote team, and even when this entire team was remote, you were losing that that relationship right. you just you weren't you would i say you were just going from structured call to structured call to structured call you weren't having the serendipity you weren't you weren't having the fun moments and i just think it makes a big difference i'm not saying everyone has to be in the office all the time and in fact we don't mandate that here uh but we've just you know built this great comfy space um, and some of the feedback that we've got is you know it doesn't even feel like coming to work because it's such a nice mm -hmm. relaxing space it's not boringy cubically type stuff and my um, undies are on shut the up let someone else talk for a minute 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ray, Ray mentioned that same though. Mr. Ray Orsini is on the call here, which is a privilege yeah. to us, for us to have him here, considering it's 4 a.m. or some stupid time for him. Um, although he said there that this is he wakes up early every day, and this is probably the most convenient live stream ever for him, probably because there's no <laughs> no distractions out there. But he was mentioning here that he's been completely remote since March 2020, and um, and he's running a, a sizable business between OIT and, and the MSP world, and um, and they do. One of my most fate, the things that I'm looking forward to the most with a team is going and having a team retreat where they go and they hire a house or they go and hire a mansion somewhere or you go and check into a hotel somewhere and get everybody together for once or twice a year. And that's where you go and have that fun and you go and enjoy stuff. And you maybe do a little bit of business planning in there, but you just get to know each other and hang out and surf and or snowboard or whatever the heck it happens to be in person. I think that is awesome. He also mentioned an awesome thing in there that I saw was um, when you've got a certain size of a team is send multiple people to the same conference so they get a chance to go to the conference and they get all the the juicy conference and hanging out and learning from that as well as going and hanging and bonding with each other and they might be able to share an airbnb together or share a couple of hotel rooms together or something like that as well so i think if you've got a sizable team where you can send three four five of your staff or more across to a conference together that's another awesome way if you do have a remote team to get them hanging out in person well, we did that a couple of weeks ago with the, the Tech Tribe meetup in Edinburgh, and there was three of the team, three of my team, going to it anyway. So we said, the rest of the team, hey, come along. Obviously, the, the girls in South Africa, not so much because it's a bit of a jaunt across for them. But everybody else, yeah, we got together. You know, we attended the Tech Tribe in Edinburgh. Uh, then we went out for drinks and uh, had a lovely meal the uh, following day, played some board games in a cafe, and then went out and got a little bit drunk on the evening in uh, Edinburgh. So it was great, you know, because many of the team, as you said, Nigel, not met each other. Yeah, I've right. met most of the team in person, but they hadn't. But for any MSPs watching, I would look for an excuse. I would look at, like, an, uh, uh, the events mm-hmm. listing, see yeah, what conferences are coming up and saying, could we do a day before or could we do a day afterwards? I spoke to a UK, a very prominent UK vendor yesterday, and their senior team had rented an Airbnb by the side of the river near London and just got the senior team together to just, you know, to work together, to brainstorm, to do stuff together as well. So I love Ray's idea of using conferences as an excuse, but also you can get an Airbnb, which is perhaps yeah. a little bit more fun than just having a, a hotel where everybody yeah, yeah. Sort of disappears at the end of the day. So yeah. yeah, I love those ideas. And when you look around at Airbnb places, there is some freaking amazing places out there. And because you're, you look at it, at, when you compare it to the same prices, getting like a bunch of hotel rooms for your team and whatnot. And and it just makes so much sense to hire like these world-class, amazing, like 12-bedroom mansions all around the place. I've, I've done similar over in, in Spain where there's some conferences. I've found some awesome ones over there. In Thailand, there's some amazing ones. Throughout the US, there is some amazing, amazing Airbnbs over there that by the time you throw a couple of hotel rooms together, it's the same price to get this awesome Airbnb and you can hang out around the pool and um and hang out together in person so i think that airbnb is such an awesome thing um yeah what a- let's talk i want to pick up on uh, culture that we we talked about earlier so you know uh, i think there's been a lot of really uh, good valuable uh, comments in the uh, the chat here about culture culture is not something you dictate to people <laughs> you say hey here's the culture some the culture is something that you you craft you you get feedback on and culture for me should be the answer to a question if a difficult question comes up you should be able to go to the culture, uh, uh, you know, uh, however it might be, and we've got our sort of documented, and say, right, are we going to stick with what we decided the culture was, or are we, you know, is it, it should make a difficult decision a lot easier. So when you're working with a client who's perhaps not uh, a good fit for you, or there's somebody in the team uh, perhaps doesn't, um, you know, uh, fit in uh, the way you would like them to. So for me, going to culture uh, or a, a culture document is a great way to do that. The way we built it within our team, and again, we're not an MSP, but there's a lot to be learned from this. We we actually sort of brainstormed in amongst the team a manifesto document. Right. You know, it sounds very grand, but it's literally like a Google Doc that's thrown up there with a few different things. And some of the, I'm, I've got it in front of me here, the Team Tub communication manifesto. Uh, and it's basically how we communicate within Team Tub and the ways in which we do so. So it's one part of the uh, the culture here. So the golden rules for us is communicate more, communicate clearly, and think like a team. And, and back to the point that you asked earlier, Nigel, ask for forgiveness, not for permission. <laughs> Be positive and encouraging. Seems really simple, doesn't it? But if you've got a remote team, sometimes they can defer to the boss or to whoever um, uh, you know is up. If you're in an office, that's a quick tap on the shoulder. 
if you're getting all those taps on the shoulder as a as a remote team, it can become quite distracting with Slack mm-hmm. or Teams notifications and all the time. So we built the culture into the team like, like we trust you. You're really good at what you do. Ask for forgiveness, not for permission. So just go and do it. And if there's any uh, feedback that we need to give you, we will give it to you afterwards. And we won't shout at you and say, you've made a complete pig's ear of that. We will say, <laughs> and for next time, here's what we here's what we could what we should do. And we've just found that makes things flow a whole lot quicker than constantly everybody checking in and saying, can I go ahead and do this? Just go ahead and do it. Ask for forgiveness, not permission. I think something that's... Um... I've been drilled into me over the years and something we've tried, we've tried to implement in ours is the whole no blame culture with, with that particular thing, which is even more important with remote teams of when something does happen and rather than looking at a, who's done it, where's it gone wrong, you actually, and I, I took it on me personally of what have I done to put that person in a position to then make that mistake? So you're right. trying to then roll that back to, okay, what could I have done to make that different for them? How could I have changed that outcome? More training, more engagement, more communication, whatever it might be. Um, so that's probably worth just highlighting for, particularly for remote employees, because, yeah, it can get very, very, I guess, isolating when you're sat there on your own, like working remotely and you make a mistake, and then you kind of sat on the idea going, oh, I've made, made a mistake, I've screwed up, you know, all these problems, and the customer's going to hate me, boss is going to hate me, whatever it's going to be. It's just just trying to you know, really empower them to, to make those decisions, to make those mistakes and say, hey, if you do, that's fine. Let's just look at, fundamentally how we stop that from from happening again um and there's something else there as well in terms of the like you're talking about like crowdsourcing your uh, kind of culture and ethics when you're speaking to your staff and getting all your staff to get involved as well i think it was uh, gina wickman's traction where they yeah. go through the process of actually finding those values where you bring all your staff into a room they all write like a word or a few words down onto bits of paper chuck them into a hat you run them through and write them all up on the board and you literally try and whittle that big long list of those words down or, or phrases down to like the top three. And then you try and whittle those top three down to like a one word top three. Um, and that that was a very, very big challenging thing that we started to do in our MSP. Um, and we simplified down uh, our kind of values down even further. So literally it was like, do good work. Don't be a dick was one of them. <laughs> and... I can't remember what the third one was, but but those kind of things. And we had those written into our like corporate values. We had like a document drawn up where, you know, people's, when we did our like appraisals and check-ins and those kind of things, is the work they're doing in line with the corporate values. You can fairly easily point out when someone's being a dick in your MSP. You know, <laughs> they're not being friendly to colleagues, to staff, to, to customers. If they weren't doing something properly, if they weren't going that extra step further when you kind of thought that it would be a natural step further because it's just one of those you kind of left left a hole in something so that, that was quite fun to have blunt staff values like that because everyone gets it yeah rather than kind of the wishy-washy yeah the ones we talked about before those kind of things honesty <laughs> integrity like who are you going to work with it's like oh yeah in culture a culture of uh being dishonest and not being uh, not having high integrity it's like get rid of it come on <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, but I love that. I mean, we, we've touched on Gina Whitcomb's traction like before. Going going through that process, the right bums and the right seats, yeah. uh, which I think is an even more important process to go through with remote workforce to make sure people are doing the right work in the yeah. right areas. Um, maybe they're good people; they're just on the wrong wrong part of your business. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a great exercise two, to go through. Two of the pros that I see with remote teams is um, it forces you sometimes to get better at understanding your metrics in there and knowing what your KPIs and your metrics are for your team because it's right. often one of the only ways that you can manage people versus sitting beside them and knowing whether they're doing a good job or not. And so in the last, I think it was about two years that I had my MSP, I did work remotely. I moved three hours away from my MSP, like way up north um, to a farm. And and so I did work remotely from the MSP for a fair bit of time. I used to come down to Sydney uh, once a week for two nights and that sometimes I didn't come down at all, but it forced me a little bit more to um, to start to understand my numbers, to know when people are doing good things or where they aren't because I'm not in the office anymore and I couldn't manage them like I was previously. And it changed the way I managed people. But it also, on the flip side, giving me that separation from the business as the business owner that started off with everything being in here helped me figure out where the gaps were as well in our documentation and our processes and our, our enablement of our team and, and what how they knew how to do things. And so the, the pros I see of, of having a remote team can really highlight all those inefficiencies that you might have in your business that are kind of being band-aided by being in person. And so I think 
sometimes it's beneficial just to get out and and do the remote even for a period of time. Like I think that's what COVID's done for all of us is yeah. forced you to to see and shine a spotlight on all of those areas where you you are you do have crappy documentation, you have got crappy processes, and you're not managing your KPIs as best as you can, and you're you're managing your team team's performance based on sticking your finger in your mouth and putting it up in the air to see what what way the wind is blowing and so i think there is absolutely briefly those in the comments i'd love to ask if if you're watching this uh live leave a comment in the chat of what positives you've seen from going remotely because i've heard some really interesting stories of like businesses that have had problems like internally when they've all been working like in the same office and some of those problems have vanished since going remote because, you know, you've been able to focus, you've been able to um, actually have to separate from your team, get rid of the distractions. Yeah, just would love to see if anyone's uh, got any particular scenarios um, they'd like to uh, to give us to, to have a chat through. Yeah, yeah. Nigel, to, sorry, to, carry on. Well, yeah, sorry, to your point about this, Nigel, I think this is absolutely fundamental. And, and MSPs are a little bit different in this respect, but bear with me on this one. So, like, typically, as employers, we have hired people and said, you are going to work eight hours a day or 40 hours a week or whatever. And then the pandemic came along, and it's like all hands to the pump and working all hours and doing whatever. And then things change. And of course, now, you know, I alluded to it earlier, people have got home lives and they've got children and they've got all sorts of things going on. Now, you know, it's an industrial revolution thing, isn't it, where people say, right, we are going to pay you. And originally it was seven days a week. And then some bright spark realized Mm -hmm. if you work seven days a week, it's not as efficient as working five days a week. You know, and I I work a four day week uh, now. And I would say I get just as much done in four days as faffing around and letting expand to five days. But just me, I know I don't run an MSP. But at the Tech Tribe Newcastle meetup, Northeast meetup on Tuesday, we were speaking to we were speaking specifically about hiring people based on results mm. as opposed to based on time. So yeah. instead of saying, hey, you know, somebody, we're going to hire you for 40 hours a week or whatever, it's literally, right, here are the three things or here are the five things that your job entails. You hit those results, and we don't care if you work one hour a week <laughs> or, you know, if you spend, you shouldn't be spending 100 hours a week on it, but you get the idea. Now, I know for MSPs, ever so slightly different because we've got service desks and we've got to be reactive and we've got to work the same hours as our clients. But if you're working on, say, a project or business development, or any of those things, I really don't see that we should be hiring people for a a forty-hour-a-week job when we can say these are the results that we want uh, from you. So I'm intrigued as well. You know, I I think uh, we talked about uh, we talk about the great resignation that goes on, and everybody's talking about oh they're quitting the jobs because it's crap, and I don't want to work for somebody who forces these ideals on me. And people are looking for that flexibility. They're looking for the 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 idea that they can be rewarded based on the results they bring rather than the time they put in. So I'm intrigued, you know, everybody in the chat as well. Are, are people starting to hire based on results-driven roles as opposed to just time-driven? Slightly different for MSPs, isn't it? No, it is. But I think outcomes is, is a massive part of how you need to get your team focused because – as, as you pointed out with your five-day analogy, you know, it, what is it? that The task will expand to fill the amount of time available. Is that Parkinson's Moore's law? Is somebody's law, is it? Parkinson's, Parkinson's I think it is, from memory. But uh, I think being focused on outcomes makes a huge difference than, than focused on time. And, you know, I struggle with this sometimes when we, we work with um, clients and we say, look, Typically, this project will take about five days. It won't take five elapsed days, but it will take about five days of effort across a period of time. We'll charge you for a fixed price project because we know this is typically how much effort it takes from us. And that generally works really well because we're talking about an outcome. This is the outcome of the project. This is the amount of time we expect it will take, plus or minus. That's on us, you know. but we'll commit to this fixed price for it. And then you get the others who go, no, 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 no. I want to know it's exactly 10 days and I want a timesheet for every single hour of those 10 days. And you're like, cool. This isn't really how we work. We we kind of work on outcomes because it's not you know, I guess culture, sometimes we, it's not our culture. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes we win. Right? Sometimes we win. We say, hey, we think it's going to take five days and whatever happens, we manage to absolutely blitz it in three. And cool, that's okay. We we The outcome was what was important. Yeah. Sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes it takes six days. But you know what? We chew it up, learn from it, improve our processes, and then we go back next time knowing, hey, we'll get it right on the next time. So I think being outcome-based is very important. I think that's 
challenging right now maybe to hire for, if I think about that in, in me taking on the next consultant maybe that comes in, can I really hire them for outcome-based? No is the honest answer because our our level of projects varies from week to week. You know, we might be absolutely stacked with projects and we might be really quiet. And in those quiet periods, what we're doing is getting those guys either upskilled, trained, or we're making videos to share our knowledge with other people. And so we're using that time really effectively. So I think it would be challenging, maybe in a sales type role yeah, or something like that. Sales and marketing can outcome. work a whole lot better than, yeah, than a service yeah. desk. Could service really desk is one good. of the hardest yeah. in the world to try and have an outcome-based thing. But, uh, but as Ray mentions there, it can, it can be more about flexible schedules versus outcome-based when you're talking about the service desk. There, yeah, especially right. with overlaps, mm-hmm. if you've got a you might have a team that starts at eight and some that finish at 7 p.m. at night. So you've got that extended hours for your clients and whatnot. And that's where it can work a little bit more. Um, and there, there was another yeah, point. Yeah, we I do total flexibility on start and end times every, right. every day. You know, we don't we don't care when people come in and, you know, and start and finish. Because yeah, you don't have a help desk have, there either, do you? So it doesn't, it matters a little bit. No, less. we don't. So that 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 makes life really easy from the yeah. consultant side. So help desk is, is its own thing. We know that that has to run a certain amount of hours. Yeah, yeah. And we know... You know, you can, like you say, you can stagger start and end times yes. to get that coverage. Everyone isn't working seven till seven, for example. So as long as you've tiered in, you know, the flow of that, it works really well. And I've done that when I've run service desk teams before. Um, in here, we actually have a, <laughs> we have a, a big kind of neon sign on the wall that is like the, the corporate logo. Um, and at five o'clock, it goes off. And if you're still here, people are starting to ask what you're doing. Because we just like, it's time to go, bud. It's, it's five. Although the contract says nine to 5.30, Monday to Friday. Like at, at best, people might be here at five past five because we get everything we want done and, and we GTFO is the nice way of saying it, I guess. But I like, Ray made a really good point earlier as well, I think, which is something you were talking about, Nigel, in that actually going to remote only challenges you to have everything yeah. documented and get your oh, processes yeah. in place. But also it now gives you an opportunity to Richard's point, I think, as well, of not just looking in your local vicinity for skills when you do that next hire. Mm. Because why wouldn't you, now that you've got this remote capability and you've got your processes in place and your systems in place, why wouldn't you start to bring in people from other geographies? You know, whether they're just and, and now we can genuinely say we're starting to hire the best person for the role, yep. not the best person within five miles of my office. Right. We're <laughs> yeah. saying yep. best person for the role. They might not even be in country, but they yep. might be in a similar time zone and it just works because they're the best person for the role. And I think that can make a huge difference. And the whole pandemic thing, I mean, we've we've outsourced a lot of our things anyway. Um, and, and I guess, you know, the more I think about it, we do have quite a, a, a more expanded remote team. But now you've really got this opportunity to bring in the skills wherever they are. Um, and I love that. We've covered that on, on previous shows, but just bringing in the right skills to do those. And it could be part-time and, and then moving into a full-time role as you need it. But I think it's it's really exciting. Right. What have we missed in this topic? We've got 15 <laughs> minutes to go. We've kind of morphed from remote across the culture um, because it's really mm. kind of the remote stuff. Everybody's um, everybody's been forced into it for so damn long now, but we're kind of realizing the, the real underlying things that are important to it, um, and that's what we've been talking about. What what side topics can we bounce into here that maybe people are mentioning I mean, in the comments? Mental health has been really important. You know, we've, right. we've covered this whole idea of people feeling isolated and feeling alone. Some of the feedback that we had, you know, in the team was, Look, I'm, I'm struggling to separate home and work because I, I don't have an office space at home. And so my bedroom is my office and my mm-hmm. office is my bedroom. And mm-hmm. that meant that, you know, if, if they weren't getting things finished, they were feeling, you know, under more pressure to, to stay longer, work longer, do longer. And we're like, well, let's have a conversation because that isn't the heart of what we want. But also, like, if even just because they mean to do well and they mean to do more, they just kind of sit down, relax, then glance across and there's the there's the laptop and they start thinking about work and it becomes hard to separate the two and so we you know we had to work really hard to 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 keep you know communicating and keep asking you know as we've talked about and checking in with people to make sure that people aren't feeling under that pressure i know my wife works for a very large insurance company and she is part time she works 4 days out of 5 each week but I would find her at nine o'clock and 10 o'clock at night, sitting in the office, beavering away on the laptop. And I'm just like, what are you doing? She goes, oh, but it's, it's got to get done. It's month end. And I'm like, I don't mean to be rude, but you don't even get paid for this. 
By the time we add up all the hours that you're doing, you're not getting any overtime. You're not getting paid for it. And the more that you do that, and I've seen this in MSP world so many times, people who don't claim overtime, they just do the extra hours because they want to be good. Well, if you're in a PE-backed MSP, let me tell you, they're rubbing their hands together because that means that they don't need to pay overtime and you're doing all this extra work, which means they don't need to hire the next person. And the only person that's losing out on that is you. Because you're the one that's got stressed and the pressure, and you know those people. You'll see them like, oh, my God, I've got so much stuff to do today. Can I help? No, no, it can only be me. And they've they've put themselves in that situation because yeah. hand on heart, they want to be great. They want to help. And, and they kind of want to be seen as the go-to person. You know, they, they like that, that, you know, people depend on them. But ultimately, it's really stressful. And I think if you get those kind of mentalities in remote – it's even harder for you to see the signs. And so everything that we've talked about today in terms of like office vibe and check-in and weekly stand-ups and Truth Tuesdays, these are all really important because at the end of the day, it's our people that make our business. Yes, the customers are important, but in our in our priority of things, our people are first, then it's the customers. If we take care of them, they're going to take care of the customers really well. And so I think this whole thing is, yes, remote is great. Yes, it can work. Yes, you can have remote teams. But you've got to have great people processes to keep in touch and keep the personality together. Talking about keeping in touch, Ray mentions a point that I did want to talk about before as well, is is what's the cadence of keeping in touch with your team and what sort of formal different meetings or structures do you have in place for that? And he mentioned here that he has, uh, I think it was weekly, yeah, he, was it weekly he's talking about? Weekly one-on-ones with the team. And so we we do weekly one-on-ones with all of the guys on my team. I do a weekly one-on-one with people that report direct to me. And we follow a very similar process to the, the traction model that you were talking about before, Pete, and the manager tools model as well. Manager-tools.com has got this great one-on-one process. And we follow that loosely. But we also do whatever you guys mentioned. On Mondays, we have our our team meeting and we we loosely follow the tractions level 10 framework for that but we've we've tweaked it to work with our business a little bit and that's every monday 11 15 um in my time it's different for those guys because they're all around the world and we just we jump in and we go through this meeting and the goal is to get it knocked out in 90 minutes every single time because that's a typical level 10 and we normally knock it out in 60 to 75 minutes every time nowadays we're kind of starting to get good at it which is good but that that works really well for a remote team and and we actually found that the reason we're doing some more of this the social stuff like playing hanging ga- having games and the the online escape rooms and stuff like that is that we we found that we just wanted to hang out a little bit more and talk to each other and and it came to our head on a meeting maybe about two, three months ago where we realized we were 90 minutes into the meeting and we hadn't stopped talking about food yet. And um, (laughs) we went, oh, hang on. (laughs) We've been all four, there was four of us on that particular call and we just talked about food for literally 90 minutes straight. We started off the meeting and went straight into that and we went, ah. But that's that's also like it was a good thing and I was happy to let it go because we we, it's good to have those kind of things in person. We just needed to get a little bit more of a formalized structure to it so that we didn't let it happen every single week in there. How do you do that with the, the remote meetings? Because we, we used to do one-to-ones and I, I, I love them. Like being yeah. able to physically go out. Oh, so and, and for us, it was having like in a very informal place as well. So we, we go to a pub, have a yeah. beer and a burger, chat and just see how they get, how they're doing, what's going on in their life. When you have a remote meeting, it feels like you, you've got a topic. You have like, you have to discuss something yeah. in that meeting. Otherwise it feels like a waste of time. So how do you, how do you, get back to the kind of you're having a waste what feels like a waste of time because you're just chatting about food or whatever it is <laughs> but but it's everyone still feels like they're getting value and they don't feel like they've wasted their time in the end of it how, how do you do that on like a remote meeting for us we as i said we follow that manager-tools.com framework where it's mostly about them what they're working on what they need what they need help with etc there's a bunch of pointed questions that you can use that are inside that mm-hmm. framework um so you can still draw out like the personal stuff that's going correct, on live, yeah so, like, and you kind of stick it out and yeah. then and, and then we also, like in each of our departments now, we've built up our metrics that we monitor in there. And so we, there's an agenda item on each of our things where we bring up and go, okay, let's have a look at our metrics. And then we also bring up as another thing, what's, what are the projects that are happening at the moment? And how are you going with all of them? Do you need some help? What are we going to do for the next new projects that we need to bring up into your um, float up to the top of your plate at the moment? And we do a lot of that in ClickUp now. We're starting to, that's it, our project management tool. And we're starting to get it in a somewhat of a resem- a, a, a pretty solid state to be able to do that stuff where we, we have ideas separated into a certain area. And then when we, we realize we've got some capacity in a particular department, we'll go, all right, what's the next idea that we should, we should dive into. And we dive in a lot of that stuff. And then 
about typically once every four weeks we dive a little I, I, I will dive a little bit deeper with the person into things like what are they struggling with how are they like, giving them some pointed feedback on different things and whatnot but I've I found that I, I have to keep these things pretty loose in terms of an agenda so I like we've got our agenda that we run through in them that we've kind of crafted and created ourselves um, over time and it's grown organically but we still keep it pretty loose because just stuff changes and things change and my priorities change I'm I'm one of these guys that that likes changing priorities quickly pretty quickly and then it frustrates the team sometimes i know that and i've got to work at it and whatnot but um we keep it pretty loose because of that so that we can we can move and be flexible and change around and the guys know that it's not it's not going to be this crazy structured regimented thing that we dive onto every single week that gets boring as all hell um and quite often like even two weeks ago in one of the one-on-ones we went for an hour and a half talking about culture of different countries Uh, we keep them loose like that and we just like i've had hundreds of hours on these one-on-one calls where we've talked about crap but that's I'm, I'm an i'm a i'm the kind of guy that i just love hearing people's stories and things about them and understanding what fires them up and what doesn't fire them up and demotivates them and and we'll spend hours talking about that stuff sometimes and that's that's part of it's probably not highly productive on the front end because we're wasting time but it's better on the back end i think because we've built this deep relationships and I've built deep relationships with the guys on my team and we all know and love each other and work beside each other and, and support each other because of those conversations as well. It's about a balance yeah, as well though, isn't it? Because it a is, lot of yeah. people get fed up of doing, they're like, oh my God, I've got to do a one-on-one with the boss. And it's like another <laughs> Zoom call, yeah. you know? So one of the ways that we've tackled that, and you know, I, I truly believe this is the future of how we, we should be doing business. You know, we've got people in different time zones. We've got people with different priorities, different personal lives. So we do a lot of asynchronous communication now. And what I mean by that is, so our one-on-ones is quite often, if somebody wants to to catch up, absolutely fine. We can schedule that and do it. But I do a lot of WhatsApp video messages and yeah. videards yeah. and, and things like that, just sending a message. And it's not talking about work. Well, sometimes it, it, it typically in the format, I'll, I'll thank them for something they've done really good recently. And then I'll check in with them out. Hey, how are the kids? What's going on with this in your personal life? And so on and so forth. But instead of the need them for them to be there and to talk about something that they might find a little bit awkward to talk about, you know, it's asynchronous. So they can drop a text message or they can do a, an audio message back or they can do a, vo- a video message back if they choose to. We found that works really well. And it's also, you know, keeping in touch with people in, in different time zones. You don't have to try and schedule people up. You can just fire across the message. And then when they're ready, they can fire something back to you. If you then need to jump on a synchronous meeting, go ahead and do it. But the other thing I wanted to throw out there is, well, Scott, you were talking about like, culture and people working long hours well you know obviously i'm not an msp anymore but we've got people in the team who are world class at what they do and they work whatever hours they want to work because we're all results driven so one of the things that we uh, have uh, noticed was creeping in is some people are night owls and like (laughs) working you know evenings Mm -hmm. me i'm up and at it first thing in the morning i also reserve the right as a business owner i'll get excited about stuff i'll do stuff on a on a, a weekend if i choose to but what that can do can give the onus to other people or give the impression to other people that they've got to respond and work those same hours. And that's not the case at all. So one of the biggest tools that we've helped people to embrace is scheduling messages. So in Slack, in email, you can schedule a message. So you can be working on a Saturday morning and you've got to ask a question of say, Nigel, but I'm not. You're not going to fire an email to him right then because Nigel might be naughty and he might have his phone and it might ping and then Nigel gets drawn into the work. Yeah. It's much yeah. better if you schedule the message to go out on say a Monday morning or a Monday afternoon whenever Nigel's going to be, you know, his peak working hours, and then it just sort of dissipates this culture of always on, always yeah, yeah. contactable, which is not healthy at all. Yeah. We, we found out the other day, and it's just because of the way I've built the business that most of the team don't even have teams on their mobiles or their email on their mobiles. I didn't even think about it. It's just that we like I, I only want the guys to work when they're sitting at their desk working. And the other day we had some problems, um, some outages, and, and they couldn't let me know because they didn't have any other way to contact me other than Teams, which wasn't on their mobiles. And it took me years to – like I didn't even know that for years. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think it's it's kind of the culture that I've built as well in here is that like when you work, I want like, – let's all work hard and, and work properly. But when you're not working – turn off completely like you're not the business is not owning you anywhere else outside of it and i think the team like our team really appreciate that but they 
and they go the extra level because of it because they know that they're not required to be on all the time. And and I used to do like you, Richard, in my my MSP, in that um, that I would very like I would work weekends because I loved it, and I'd do all sorts of crazy stuff on weekends at late at night or whatever. But I would use that delay delivery in Outlook all the time, like all, all, all the time to before I sent things. That was before Slack came around and everything was instantaneous then, but it was always delaying. Um, but but Slack has got a, a scheduled messaging. I'm sure it does, yeah, yeah. As well. The other one I want is uh, WhatsApp. We've bullied you, haven't we, Nigel, into using WhatsApp a lot more now. Oh, yeah. I've got it on my phone. <laughs> Look how I even, I even have notifications turned on on it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I want scheduled messages in WhatsApp because quite often I'll think of something and it'll be like, oh, I'll just drop a quick WhatsApp, but I don't want to disturb the other person. So right. I'd love to be able to schedule WhatsApp messages. But Slack yeah, have got good. it. And they're all, they're all getting there. They realise we've got to because the world is asynchronous now and people have got into the habit of having the phones by the bed and it's like really bad habits. Scott, you know, uh, but oh. yeah, stop it. You know, help them. Scott, out. I'd love to know how many business owners have done that as well. Because I know, I, like, going through that discussion, I agree with everything. Just wish clients would would do the same thing. Because <laughs> clients don't delay their messages, do they? They send <laughs> no. them straight away at ten o'clock at night. <laughs> but if you've got your phone switched off, Pete, then you're not going to well, see well, the message. So I, quite a while ago, yeah. I went through the phase where I turned off push email delivery, so I actually have to go yeah. into yeah. the app for it to pull down the email. So yeah. I'm choosing when to actually kind of deal with things rather than yeah. getting forcibly pushed on i use a tool called app block android you can get similar for ios and i have literally so if you try to whatsapp me or email me well i don't do email on the phone whatsoever but any of those type of communications before uh, nine o'clock in the morning i won't get it and if i try to go in it it comes up ah, 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 richard get on with something more nourishing instead so you know you can use technology to help yourself from from uh, mm. doing these things Scott, can you kindly ask Microsoft to roll out a schedule feature for chat messages inside Teams, please? Yes, I'll uh, I'll get straight onto my contacts. Thank you. (laughs) I'll I'll have it so that the uh, when you try and send it, the guy from Jurassic Park pops up. (laughs) Dennis Nidri goes. That's exactly the reference I was going for just then, Scott. Yeah, I got it. I got it. That message and ask him. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. I, I get like inspired at like five in the morning sometimes yeah. when I see something. It's my little browsing time and peaceful time. And I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. Um, and then even if it, like like scheduled sends, oh my goodness, scheduled send in Outlook works really well. Mm. But sometimes yeah. if I'm just sat on the mobile, what I will do is just email it to myself. Yeah, yeah, I've done the same. It seems done, but then I'll that. get in the office and I'll open up my mailbox. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that was the thing I wanted to send to Ben. That looks really cool. <laughs> yeah. um, it's just a nice way to remind because I think it's really exciting, but no one else is excited at five in the morning. And they're like, they'll wake up <laughs> and open their eyes and look at the phone. Oh God, what's he emailing about now? But then I also get to like tell them about it in context as well so I, I do a lot of emailing to myself which i think is really cool but yeah i'd love schedule 10 in team so i'll uh, i'll speak to the uh, the developers send send satya a whatsapp message see if he's got his notifications turned on i guess, I guess emailing yourself that's the old um the old equivalent of leaving a voicemail for yourself i don't know if anyone else yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. when you get home remember this <laughs> i used to have this awesome app on my phone i haven't like but since i got the new phone i don't have it i can't remember the name of it but you used to just press a button and record a message brain voice is that what you was what, that was? I use Brain Toss for, for Brain that Toss. That's the name of it. Yeah, yeah. And it would then go and, and transcribe the the message that you talk out and email it to you. So when you get in there, you got the whatever the message was emailed and transcribed to you. So you can you don't have to sit there and type out a message to yourself or type out thoughts to yourself. It was Want awesome. That. Brain Toss. Want that. <laughs> Crazy name. Good good piece of software. <laughs> um, but anyway, time to wrap up. We're already one minute past. We've been going for a while. There's been an absolute awesome bunch of messages going on in the chat, and Ray has been dropping value bomb after value bomb after value bomb in there. So thank you, Ray, uh, for joining in, and uh, thank you, everybody else, for joining in in there. What's this? Um, Bruce is saying he wishes he could like messages in the YouTube chat. Agreed. I wish we could as well. Uh, but anyway, time to wrap up. We've got to figure out some sort of topic for next week, which we will come up with after this call. If anybody has got any Que- uh, what's no requests of a topic that they'd like us to dive into and pick apart and talk about our experiences with throw it in the chat box now as we're wrapping up so that we've got some ideas otherwise we will come up with something we'll ask scott what he's challenged with his in, in his msp at the moment and we'll dive into that one uh, but thank you everybody for being on the call i'm going to hand over to pete you've got your awesome buddy wrap up thing that you run through in here <laughs> 
Um, thank you so much guys yep yeah, de definitely leave a comment in the comments down below or wherever you are watching this to let us know what your your challenges are that'd be really interesting for the next uh, the next one thank you um make sure you like the video of course down the that side for the uh, i think it's down that side for the like button that side for subscribe something along, along those lines so subscribe to youtube if you're not really watching on youtube we're trying to kind of push it all to over to the youtube side of things uh, follow us or subscribe on the various podcast platforms for an audio version where you don't get to see our pretty faces. <laughs> and we will be here again, same time, same place, next week on Thursday, well, morning or evening. Is it Thursday for you, Nigel, or is it Friday? I don't really know. I don't really know Still either. Thursday, <laughs> I never track my Thursday, day. Yeah. <laughs> Today is Thursday. Yeah, it's Thursday evening for me. And so On Thursday. So we're back on Thursday. Yeah, but uh, Thursday yeah, thanks evening. everyone for watching and catch you with you all next time. Sounds good. Bye for now. And thanks for the nice comments, Neil. Uh, glad that you're enjoying the, the courses inside the tribe. Uh, that's all from us. Bye for now. Oh, hang on. M&A. We got one in there on M&A. Ooh, I like that I topic. Was, I was going to mention M&A after this chat, so okay. yeah, let's talk. I love talking about the M&A game. Um, yeah, next week is talking about M&A. There you go. Topic has been set. <laughs> we'll figure it out now. See you all then. <laughs>